1: I'm serious, it's time to put the F word back in parenting, fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now,
0: here's your host, Tara kennedy Clive.
1: Hey, Parent Nation. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. That's great. great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you? that. I'm I'm terrible. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. joking, is it, April no. Fool's? No, I really am. I'm I'm sick as hell. Oh. Yeah. So here's what happened. You ready? Tis the season, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. Tis the season to be sick as hell. Yeah. No. Here's what happened. You ready? What? Yeah, I'm ready. I went on. I went on a beautiful. Um, soul melting mm. life changing transformational retreat with my bestest soul sister Regina Garrepy
2: uh-huh
1: and and 40 some odd other amazing women oh in Cancun Mexico mm gets better every time you open your mouth right may <laughs> have may have seen the pics on Facebook if yes you have, if you're there yes and uh so first day in ah uh, relaxing love and life second day there uh went to some sessions, you know, and um you know did some great work mm-hmm. and we went out to dinner in small groups and i got sushi oh, i cool. i I like to call it um the cholera roll cholera roll <laughs> and uh And, uh, next day I was, I was down for the count. I was out. Yeah. With, uh, and it was bad too. And I've been sick ever since I got back Sunday and it was one of those, Uh it was one of those things where like you eat and then you just wait and look for the bathroom. Oh no. That's what you do. Right. And, uh, so on the last leg, Of the flight home, I'm like, you know what? I have a layover. My flight was pushed back. Um, So I'm just going to grab a little bite to eat, you know, just a Coke and just a little bite to eat, just to settle my stomach. And we get on the plane, and doesn't the freaking bathroom break? And the pilot comes on and he's like, "Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the stewardesses have been asked to lock the bathroom for the remainder of the flight. I'm like, oh, somebody's going to be sad about that choice. Oh, yeah. So I was like, "Damn it!" But I made oh, it. Oh my! I made it through. I made it through. Yeah, I I forced myself to fall asleep. But yeah, it's it's not fun. It's not mm-hmm. fun at all. No. So um, yeah, I'm just sitting here nursing my oatmeal and praying. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you feel better. Hey, thanks. But it was it was an awesome it was an awesome retreat and. Being sick, I, you know how I believe the universe works in mysterious ways. Sure. So I believe that being sick was the universe's way of saying, pay attention, no alcohol. You don't need to be completely hammered through these um, sessions that you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, doing deep work. So no booze for you. And uh, and just pay attention. And that's what I did. And it was... Uh, it was pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I got to finish the uh, two-minute marriage project. Oh, Remember good. Remember said the ending was the best part? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It really was. So <laughs> I got to finish that. And, uh, yeah. So. That's great. Um, so it all yeah. worked out. It did all work out. It's still working itself it's out. It's still working me. itself out. Yeah. I'm, uh. Ah. Yeah. I'm down about seven pounds now. Oh. But I feel good. But I feel yeah. good. And um Make sure so, you're taking
2: care. Lots of
1: fluids. Yeah, that's what um my husband's like, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, no, I don't. I have doc on call twenty-four seven. There you go. <laughs> so guess what? All you people, it's not just about you not having to be around other people's sick kids. Your sick kids don't have to be around me. There you go. <laughs> See, your you're healthy butt doesn't have to be sitting next to me in the doctor's <laughs> office. So, That's uh, the lady from the radio. Right? <laughs> yeah, wow, she looks pale, mm-hmm. kind of gray. Uh-oh, she looks panicky. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, so, yeah, it was, um, so basically, according to Doc on Call, um, I, it, cholera is one of those things that it basically has to, it, it is contagious. Like okay. I have to, I can't prepare meals for my family. I have mm-hmm. to like, you know, wash myself constantly, my hands and stuff, you know? Right. And, um, but it, it has, you're supposed to eat and drink and flush it out. And then there's levels of severity that would require additional attention. But I'm already beyond those. So I'm, I'm, oh, I'm getting better is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cholera is one of those things that, you know, cause here's the thing, Kelly, everybody makes fun of me. Cause I'm one of those people who doesn't take medicine. Okay. Cause I think no well, like,
2: nothing like that.
1: No, I hate that shit. Okay. And, yeah. And, um, I have a whole theory about medicine. We'll talk about it sometime. All right. But anyway, um, my husband's like, take modium, take modium. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, if you have something nasty in your body, you need to get it out of your body, not hold it there. I agree. Right? And so apparently so do the doctors, Kelly.
2: Oh, good.
1: Yes. So no modium, no booze, because my belly is very sensitive mm-hmm. and up. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've changed a lot of, I've done some lifestyle changes. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm going to have to keep you posted. Um, mm-hmm. just some of the things that I've learned, some of the things I learned on that retreat other than how to discover my inner magical child, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you knew her already. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's kind of, yeah, she's a little crazy sometimes, but, <laughs> but we learned to embrace her in the right way so that um the other the other like the my wise woman and my red hot visionista can you know do their thing too instead of okay. everything just being all about wee let's eat lollipops and swim <laughs> you know like you know like that's how i normally am so okay yeah um but i've learned about diet and like we're going to we're going to talk to you know it's i i i love having um i love having Dan and Dante on here because he's such a smart ass uh-huh. uh, but but one of the things that i did learn is that um cutting back on gluten is actually pretty good for you yes <laughs> so uh-huh. i'm going to bust his ass about that <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i also learned that there's a lot of things that i eat That I've been eating over the last year or drinking over the last year that are very high in yeast and starch Mm. and sugar that have been keeping me very uncomfortable and lethargic and doing a lot of crazy things to my body. So, (sighs) yeah, I'm not giving up my favorite things because I don't believe in that either, but I am severely cutting back on... A lot.
2: Your non-favorite things?
1: Yeah. Like beer. Yeah. To I hear you. Beer. I hear ya. It's too much. Making me all bloated and tired and yucky and bread. I know. That's the hardest one. It is. Super hard. Mm-hmm. Pasta, that kind of stuff.
2: But, you Love know... It. My idea of getting rid of carbs is taking that middle bread out of the Big Mac and then putting it back together and eating it. You're
1: a genius. (laughs) Look at you, doing the right thing for your body and all. I'm sure that special sauce has got some good nutritional value to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, the pickles would have to go, too. Why? Because apparently fermented foods are not so great. For- oh,
2: that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, whatevs. I'm getting there. But anywho, so I've been reading the news. I've been down a lot, you know. Yeah, just chilling, reading the news, and doing that sort of thing. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk around dads and parenting right now, which mm-hmm. is awesome because it's Dad Day. Dad Day. Day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like there's, uh, well, Yahoo Parenting has started their hashtag NoShameParenting. Yes. Which I think is kind of cool, you know? I don't, I don't know how great it's going to go over, because let's face it, we love to judge each other. hmm We really do, don't we? If we don't have that, what do we have? It's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. You know, and it's so funny to me, because... The sh- the same people who um, like we judge the hell out of each other are the ones who are like bullying is such an epidemic among <laughs> us. Okay. No, it's not. We just grew up. We <laughs> taught our kids better ways to do it. That's what happened. It's crazy, you know. But, yeah, so, like, there's there's all this dad stuff. They have all this dad stuff posted because we really don't pay enough attention to dads in parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't give them enough credit. And we have become so um, female-focused in all things parenting that I think dads are kind of being left in the dust more than ever before. You know, if nothing else, dad always had the, you know, father knows best, you know, Right, like, the advice. Else. Right, Daddy always had that. If nothing else, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you know, or or save the big piece for your father, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, the big, the big appetite. Right, so, so, Dad always had that, but Dad can't even have that anymore because now it's got to be all things equal, or you know, go mom. It's <laughs> it's you know, but no, moms uh, moms are getting the big pork chop. Right, moms are getting the last <laughs> pickle in the jar. We're getting the big pork chop. We're getting the extra helping of mac and cheese, and we're taking it without guilt. And, uh, yeah, so that's how that's going. Not working out so well for the dads. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, dad's over there eating by the sink, left yeah. breakfast. It's like, what the hell happened to dad? Huh? <laughs> Mom's like, get out of my chair, you asshole. <laughs> Fix me a sandwich. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> While you're out there by the sink. Oh, man. Eating that bacon. Um,
2: Wouldn't it be fun to go back to the 50s, the happy days era? Oh, uh, that's what this show's
1: all about. Going back to the basics, you know? Right. Where Howard had control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? But Marion like, really did. Marion really did, and she did it in such a stealthy ninja-like way yeah, that Howard, that. the bumbling idiot, actually thought he had control, <laughs> and things were good. Yes. You know, why can't we just go back to that?
3: <laughs>
1: the kids were happy. They didn't have to like each other. Nobody made Richie and Joni wear a getting along T-shirt when they thought, <laughs> You know? Right. Things were better back then, right? I think that should be our new song. <laughs> song, we're doing it. It's the best. But did you know, like, the, did you know the the disparity in uh, maternity leave for dads is like ridiculous?
2: Well, explain. What do you mean?
1: Okay, so I was reading this article from this dad who worked for CNN. Okay. He was in broadcast, whatever, um, for CNN and they had a baby that was their third baby and his wife needed help taking care of the other two while she took care of the new baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was given two weeks paternity leave and she was given 10. Yeah. And they were like, well, that's because the women's body has to recover. And men are saying, but they need us there while they're recovering. Right. Um, so why, you know, dads are taking care of the kids more. Dads are helping around the house more, to our point. And, um, you know, so why, if if we're so focused on equality in every other area of work environment, why... Why is it maternity leave? Why isn't it, you know, new baby leave? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it parental leave? You know? Right. And um, so this guy fought he, he sued anyone. Okay. Oh, yeah. so now they offer six weeks to all parents, regardless of gender, um, but additional, but an additional six weeks to biological moms. Hmm. And now I'm wondering if that's too much (laughs) because it's paid. Right. That's paid leave. Right. You know, it's like, who's paying for that? Right. And this is something that people don't talk about a whole lot. Like, yeah, 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 I get it. You know, only 21% of companies offer paid maternity leave at all. 17% 17% offer paid paternity leave at all Which is bad That's low But does it, do, do we really need To pay as the consumer Do we really need to pay For people to take 12 weeks off for, To have a baby Well I do
2: believe that The people taking the time off Have paid into their short term disability Some of them so some of them are paying for their own, their own salary. So it's kind of like a disability payment? Yes. You know, when I worked at the school, the, the teachers that knew they were going to get pregnant and knew they were going to try, they would sign up for short-term disability because otherwise they wouldn't get their paid time off, even as a teacher. Wow. So um, they were kind of planning for that. But I worked at one of the biggest employers here in Arizona, and I got eight weeks because I had a C-section. But the normal was six, so Hmm. if you had a C-section, they gave you an extra two.
1: So, what if they offered you an opportunity to telecommute to do your job? Um, I wouldn't be able to do it because
2: I worked worked in the factory. Oh,
1: true, factory. Yeah, yeah, but still, but you could work four tens.
2: I did work, I did work for at the time, actually. Well, that's kind of cool,
1: too. Yeah. Except you're away from your ba- brand new baby for 10 hours. Right. That sucks. Yeah, right. that would suck. So.
2: so, yeah, it just depends.
1: But yes. I see your point,
2: too, that, you know, the consumers are paying for that.
1: Yeah. Huh. I think, I just think that it's ironic that we, all of the things that we as women fight for against men... So few, you hear so few arguments for men in situations like this. And I, I, I think that's why we have Dad Day. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. And, yeah. Do you, and here's the other thing, too. I think that we need to hear from men in uh, Parent Nation War II. I agree. Yeah. So we need to you guys need to get on Facebook and talk about this stuff. And, you know, like one of the men said, I asked for more leave and they gave it to me. And then when I got back, they withheld work and wound up firing me. And then it was like a form of bullying and harassment because he took the time off that he wanted. So, you know, you can't win. Right. And it's and it's a sad state of affairs. And I think that we need to acknowledge stuff like that more, you know, so anywho, but we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to some dads. Maybe we'll ask Dan Adante what he thinks about this whole thing when we come back from this break.
0: cocktail break and we're taking care of business with the work from these sponsors.
4: Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com.
2: Don't want to take your sick child out of the house? Doc on Call gives you access to U.S. board-certified doctors by phone or video conference. Avoid illness in waiting rooms. Don't take time off work. Call from the comfort of your own home. Get prescriptions when appropriate. No health restrictions. And the best part? No consultation fee. Don't put off going to the doctor. For only $18 per month, get 24-7 access to doctors for you and your family. Go to Doc on Call 247 247- 247
1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the show. I am really super excited to have our one of our favorite guests back again. His name is Dan and Dante, and he is basically a bitter, vindictive attorney um, who wrote a book called "The Complete Asshole's Asshole Dad." And uh, and we really like that because you know, hey, let's be honest. <laughs> so, hey, Dan, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Tara. Glad to be back. A little
5: offended that it took you a year to get you back on the show, but
1: I guess I'll do it. Listen, I'm a popular woman, you know what I mean? Apparently so. <laughs> a lot
5: more popular than me, obviously, but
1: uh... sorry. <laughs> so how are those kids doing?
5: Oh uh, they're good. You know, I'm actually I, I was running a little late today because, you know, my daughter's a teenager now, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to. We had to give her like twenty minutes this morning to roll her eyes and tell me how fat I am. So <laughs> we ended up to school quite as, as early as we expected. But it's nice. They're great. It's spectacular.
1: That's awesome. <sighs> you know, it's it. I I uh, just got back from Mexico, so I'm not feeling well at all. And my kids were trying to pull that shit with me this morning, and they were like. Mom, you know, you didn't put our clothes in the dryer in time. And, Mom, I don't have anything for breakfast. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I, like, literally ran out of the room. And I didn't yeah. come back out until they left.
5: Uh, well, well, I actually haven't spoken to my kids since March. So I felt <laughs> kind of good about spending a little time with them this morning. know. But, you know, oh, <laughs> but I, you cool. know the, the whole kids thing, honestly, Tara, I'm just, how
1: old are your kids? Uh, we have two 16-year-olds and a 14-year-old now.
5: Okay, so they're teenagers, so they're completely worthless, right? I mean, useless, <laughs> valueless, just blobs of whining, complaining mess. And, and so my kids just became teenagers, and I've pretty much given up on the whole kid thing for the next 10 years. So I'm basically checked out until 2025. <laughs> and about awesome. then, when they can drive and they make like 60% as much money as me, I'm going to start talking to them again. But until then, screw it. i got other things to do.
1: it's true you know every once in a while they'll ask you for money and you'll be like you know take out the trash and then they'll go no I don't need it that bad and then you know that'll be that'll be good conversation
5: see see, I'm more like the tooth fairy parent I just drop a $20 bill on their pillow every night and pray to God they don't talk to me next morning (laughs) I do the same thing with hookers actually but that's a different (laughs) thing
1: We have another show. Yeah, we have another yeah, exactly. show that, that would be completely okay. appropriate for later at night. Oh. <laughs> so, um, how have things been going with the wife? I mean, is she appreciating this new found uh, relationship with her kids?
5: My ex wife? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. It's been a long time, Kara. It's been a long time. Yeah. Wow. But she finally read my book. So, ah. yeah, that was the end of the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, in the, in the years since I've last spoke to you, I've gotten a divorce. Um, I could not be happier. I, I advocate divorce highly for everybody. And, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the old joke, right? They say, why are divorces so expensive? Because they're worth every single penny. And I am truly the living embodiment of it. I'm mean, very happy being a single dad now. I got Now i got to write a new book.
1: That's really awesome.
5: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's yeah, we it, all I'm got like, to Vegas
1: for a congratulatory uh, tour. That's pretty amazing. And I can I can just imagine the book titles. Well, you know, like that yeah, asshole I mean, at I, the bar. Um Yeah, I mean, you know,
5: I was gonna just do the complete asshole's guide to divorce. You know, because that's just kinda easy. But I, I got I think I gotta spice up. Actually my next book is coming out, which is called um Forty Is the New Ninety. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I like that. um yeah, that's coming out for Christmas, and I'm working on my fourth one, which is called Lawyers, Liars, Losers, and Other Synonyms. So, got, yeah, so I've got a pretty full plate, and then, uh, so I'll probably get it, once I've finalized the divorce, and I've just got her on auto pay, I think at that point <laughs> I can start writing the new one. Yeah. So then I still have some things I have to work out, I believe.
1: <laughs> but hey, you're in a perfect position to do it, though, right?
5: Absolutely. Let me tell you something. Bitterness, divorce, misery, pain. This is like my life's blood.
1: <laughs> it's what makes me get up in the morning, you know?
5: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, usually I get all that stuff from my kids, but at least for the last year I've spread it around a little bit. So it was a little more of like a palette in my life as opposed to a focus.
1: Wow. It's so amazing to me because the picture that's on your profile is of these adorable little cheeky cherub-faced kiddos playing poker with you. And and yeah, now they're angry, bitter teenagers. It's like, God, how the time flies.
5: Well, that was seven years ago. So <laughs> a lot of things change, you know, at that time. Damn. No, I mean, honestly, I think it's just a teenage thing. I mean, my kids, I my, first of all, let me say, my kids are fantastic. I mean, I, I joke, I kid, but I've got great kids. And um, But they're still teenagers, so they're essentially monsters, soulless mm-hmm. monsters. And they can't help it. I mean, look, if, if I had, you know, 10 gallons of, of, of hormones just swishing around in my head every night, you know, I'd be the same. Right. You know, I mean, when I have 10 gallons of tequila in my brain, I'm a little bit screwed up, too. So. You know, we all kind of have our phases, and and you got to expect it when your kids are teenagers that they're going to be miserable and unhappy. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's almost genetic for them to be miserable and unhappy. You know, (laughs) it just proves to me that they're actually my kids. So, you know, you just kind of deal with it. I I think, you know, I think we as parents, you know, you have to understand the phases that your kids go through. And up until they're, you know, they're eight or nine, they like you, and they want to spend time with you, and they're, you know, human. And then there's 15 years of, you know, misery. And then they start asking you for money until you die. So as long as you're just cool with where you are in the parenting progression, I think everything's okay.
1: Now, wait a minute. Your kids aren't going to start asking for money until after their teenage years?
5: Well, I told you about the $20 every night on the pillow, right? Remember that yeah. part? So, you know, that keeps them mollified. You know, They're <laughs> like my lawyer. You know, if you just consistently give them money without asking. Oh, it's like a
1: retainer. <laughs>
5: exactly. A <laughs> retainer for being my kids. <laughs> yeah, some people call it an allowance, you know, I call it, you know, misery payment. Okay.
1: <laughs> I call it the leave me alone retainer.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no. True.
1: So so here's something that's t- that was so totally ironic and funny that it made me think of you. And then I realized that you were my guest today. Um, yeah. So I, I just got back from Mexico sick as hell. I had the uh, cholera roll at the sushi place, and yeah, um good. <laughs> yeah, right. It's great. It was awesome. And so this, I, I was surrounded by women who are like all healers in different genres, right? And this healers woman, like freaky psycho, you know? Cleo, yes, like the, the awesome kind. Yes. Like that rub. Here's the thing. So, okay. So I'm sick as hell. We're sitting at lunch. I can't believe I'm going to tell this story to 2 million people, but listen, shut up. It's great. So I'm sitting at lunch and my stomach's upset. And this woman gives me peppermint oil and she goes, rub this on your belly and it'll make your belly feel better. And I was like, what do I have to lose at this point? Screw it. You know? Right. (laughs) So I go into the bathroom and I put this peppermint oil on my hand and I rub it on my belly and then I grab my toilet paper and I wipe and I'm like, so here's, here's the thing. Wash your hands before you wipe with the peppermint oil for you. It would be wash your hand before you hold it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it was amazing and traumatic all at the same time. Like, Wait, I, did
5: it actually help? So it actually made you feel better.
1: The peppermint oil. I don't know if it was just the 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 stinging in my vagina that made me forget <laughs> about my stomach pain, or like I'm I'm t- I I'm still on, I'm on the fence on that one, but. <laughs> This one, you know, usually
5: I got Sarah. Usually, women don't have singing in their vagina stories till after they've talked to me.
1: See, so the peppermint makes you feel good. It did. It kind of did make me feel good, and I I smelled minty fresh, and it was right. and it was kind of awesome. So it was a break from you know smelling like Mexico, but another <laughs> woman. <laughs> Another woman that I spoke to said, "You know, now that you're over forty, you probably should cut out gluten." And I'm oh, like, "Just punch her in the mouth." Do <laughs> it! I was like, Dan would lose his mind. <laughs> I,
5: you, you know, I gotta, You know, I, I don't. I don't have any rap like that. I had no idea why you guys were calling me, so it wasn't, you know, I didn't have any like monologues. Or but I got to say, this whole like gluten gluten-free life and don't let the kids go out of the house and make sure they're wearing a helmet when they go to the bathroom and all this. I'm just so sick and t- I can't take it, Tara. I can't take it anymore. And the participant ribbons. I mean, seriously, if my kids suck in baseball and football, just, just tell them. Just say, you know what, you suck. You're not getting a ribbon or a trophy. In fact, don't come back to the league again. Why can't we be real with our kids? Why can't we let them go and bump their heads and fall off their bike? And you know, take a shower in the Penn State locker room. Like, why can't we just allow that to happen? Oh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be much better? I mean, we're, I mean, you and I, right? We grew up. I mean, I was, you know, I had a concussion every week. I mean, every yes. third period, I had like, you know, I lost a limb. It was fantastic. <laughs> I learned how to deal with it. I mean, our kids are going to get out there in the real world. I swear to God, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna cross on a don't walk signal, and they're gonna have, you know psychological breakdown they just yes. can't deal with anything and it's terrible what we're doing our kids eat oh they're already food. doing it no i i one no, i understand i mean i want my kids to eat rocks and i want them to forage you know i want them to eat like palm tree leaves like i don't care what they eat you know <laughs> follow the dog around i don't even use a cooper scooper i want you eat his shit kid you'll be fine we'll make you talk <laughs> I'm, I hate everybody. Kara. I, really, I hate everybody. You're the only person I like. And whoever's sitting there in the background laughing, I like her too. And everybody else can go to hell. As far as I'm <laughs> Dan, oh.
1: I don't understand why you're not married still. <laughs>
5: yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> <doesn't>. <laughs> I, and you know what's the lovable, craziest part? Cuddly, I was,
1: mm, I I was out of the
5: house for you. 24 hours. I had a hot blonde new girlfriend. It was awesome. And just because she met my banker first, that had nothing to do with the relationship yeah. at all. <laughs> but you, you know, I—that's awesome. I, I'm with I agree with it. you. I, I think
1: no. that we need to stop calling kids free range and putting a stigma to it. Like, ill, you know, they're free range. They must be like hippie, tree hugger, tinfoil hat wearing psychos. No, no, they're normal people. So maybe we should call it cage free.
5: No, I, th- I just think we should strangle anybody who says free range. I mean, wouldn't that be the easier <laughs>
1: way to go? Exactly. I like I eat free range chicken, only because I I raise chickens. Little thing you probably didn't know about me.
5: Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Here in Los Angeles, there's not a lot of chicken raisers. Don't have a lot of experience with that. Sorry.
1: You don't have a lot of chicken farms in in Los Angeles. <laughs>
5: no, no, no. I've, I've got the I've got that cold section at the Ralph's supermarket. Other than that, my. Uh, experience of chickens is fairly limited
1: there you go well I I personally like free-range chickens because I like to know that my meat was at one time happy ah, nice <laughs> nice <laughs> see
5: I try and stay away from anything happy you know right I mean if, if, if the animal is happy that just means I made it miserable miserable and I made, ate its head so but you, know. you didn't
1: know you were eating its head
5: Ah, look, you know, there's a couple nights in Vegas that are a little hazy. Can't really tell that's you what true. happened. But if, hey. if, if eating a chicken's head was the worst thing I did that night, I'm probably okay.
1: Right. Jägermeister, that'll make you do pretty much anything. <sighs> no, I've got Jägermeister and too. bath salts. <laughs> now, now that's a
5: <laughs> And then don't forget the uh, stinging vagina that comes right after all.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that peppermint oil stinging vagina thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to start yeah. Let me Maybe. ask
5: you, what, what were you doing hanging out with freaky, you know, Cleo the Psychic, healing Long Island weird people? What was the deal with
1: that? Um, well, uh, my, one of my besties, who's actually like, um, she's a freak and I love her. She was putting on the this retreat and, uh, it was an opportunity to go to Mexico. Hmm and she is she's actually brilliant and the thing that's cool is if you take like once these women kind of like crack open and let loose there it's amazing it's it, yeah like what each one of them brought was really really cool it was kind of cool i would uh, you know i wasn't too keen on the gluten thing because i like gluten you know, my husband. Well, I told my husband that I was gonna that I was gonna cut out gluten, and he immediately opened up the cabinets. Dan, you would have laughed your ass off, and he started putting boxes. <laughs> it's all gluten. Like that's all we eat.
5: What yeah, I, I don't eat anything but gluten. I, I refuse. It's, I mean, I stopped eating non-gluten <laughs> foods a long time ago, and I try to stay anything healthy. And I don't want to eat anything that grows, unless it came out of a laboratory in New Jersey. I don't want it on my plate. <laughs>
1: See, and we we kind of have a rule about fluorescent orange food in my house. Like, we don't eat anything that's fluorescent orange. I, it's just that that just skeeves me out. You know, you're talking to a redhead right now, right?
5: <laughs> well, so, I, uh... so oh, if Lord. that was the case, everybody knew I would have never gotten a blowjob in my entire life. So, ah! please, <laughs> take it easy over there.
1: Fluorescence. I don't. I doubt that it glows, unless. Let me
5: tell you something. The, the carpet absolutely matched the drapes, Tara. And you know, at night, you know, sometimes depending on where I've been in the last ten or twelve hours, it might glow a little. There could be, That's you know, there, awesome. there could be some action going on. Yeah. Dan,
1: why do I imagine you being the guy who cuts open the glow sticks <laughs> and like flings them at each other? It's like get the get the glass will come right out of your skin. Just quit bitching. Yeah, you
5: and I, you and I grew up before raves. Raves are another thing I don't really understand. You know, like ten thousand kids in the dark, not drunk, makes no sense. Looking at, I I was never that was never really my gig. I mean, I wanted to sit down at a bar with three kids next to me who are underage. You know, bring out a fake ID that says I was like sixty and just pound whiskey. Until the night was over. That, that was my, I was not the whole rave thing is a
1: little different for me. I think we probably hung out together in another lifetime, Dan. And I can't believe that it's, time with you flies. It's absolutely amazing. I'm glad. You know, laughing with you actually made me feel better. Hmm. Isn't that well, funny? I, know, I can't keep talking to you. I can't keep talking to you because now <laughs> I, have to to, I have to go to a break. And Wait, you're going to... I, I know, I know, and then I have another guest that I have to talk to, and he's awesome. So, But Dan, I want everybody to check out your books and your blog, and we're some in the next year, when your kids are pregnant, we'll have you back on. <laughs> <laughs> all
5: right, well, I'm looking forward to the year break in between. So October 2016, I'm all over it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dan. We'll be right back.
3: Thanks, much. For-
4: From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
3: In your quest to be more active, lose weight, and or eat a healthy diet, you need to chart your course. Having a plan is the way to go. The old adage, fail to plan and plan to fail, holds true. In order to reach your goal, you need to have a specific strategy. Don't just say, I will exercise more. Instead, say, I will walk for at least 30 minutes, 7 days a week, and then do it. Don't say, I will eat more fruit and vegetables. Instead, set the goal of having at least 1 to 2 vegetables or fruit at each meal. Write your goals down and post your outline where you can see it. Every day, review it and make a plan of how you will incorporate those strategies that day. Chart your course and you will reach your destination. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit.
0: Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy-Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk
1: for real parents clean my house, (laughs) it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken
0: and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Oh my god, Kelly, I love having Dan on. He makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) He's hilarious. Uh, So he's, uh, Uh. he's Yeah, he's just awesome. So my next guest is equally as awesome. We had, um, a while ago, we had... um an author on, or a a creator of a compilation book called Dad's Behaving Dadly. Mm -hmm. And since then, Hogan Hilling. And since then, Hogan has sent the most amazing dads to us for our Dad Day shows. And I just, I'm so thankful. Each one has a story in one of his Dad's Behaving Dadly books and uh, their stories are empowering and funny and sensitive. And just like they, they just embrace the entire spectrum of, of being a fantastic dad. And our next guest is one of those dads. His name is Chris Sansone. And he is a 41-year-old uh, husband and father of two boys under the age of three, which, oh, my goodness. And he lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he, uh, he is one of those dads that is Doing the doing it right by balancing work, which he's a law enforcement officer, balancing work and family, and uh, he writes uh, a web, for a website, his website called the Parental Shift. And uh, so I'm so excited to have him with us. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good,
6: Tara. How are you? Thanks for having uh- me here on Dad Day.
1: Absolutely! Thank you for being here. We uh, we love celebrating dads. So, you um, you wrote for Hogan's second book, "Dads Behaving Dadly Too, correct?
6: That's correct. Yeah, uh, his second book came out. Seventy-two more truths, tears, and triumphs of modern, modern fatherhood. Wow! So and it was great. It was a great experience. It was. Uh, I was kind of thankful for the opportunity. And uh, Hogan reached out and said, "Hey, you should submit an article." So thought, okay, and uh, started putting some ideas together and uh, submitted, and was fortunate to not only get uh, a story accepted for inclusion in the book, but a picture of my son and I ended up on the cover, which was kind of fun.
1: Are you serious? That's pretty yeah. amazing.
6: Yeah, it was neat. It was neat. So,
1: wow, I can. Yeah, I mean, I've been to your site, so that completely makes sense. Um, <laughs> 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 so did he? Did he get? your information from your website or was your website born of this uh, this uh, relationship with him
6: no the website was born a little bit before uh, that actually Hogan reached out via Twitter of all places um, and the he said hey you should submit an article for or a story for our next book and I, I looked into it and realized okay this is not some crazy guy this is legit and he actually does exist and there's books about it so um, I looked at the submission guidelines and, again, started to craft a story that I thought would be a good fit for the book.
1: So tell us a little bit about your story.
6: So the the story was, uh, it was a moment that uh, I kind of realized how much um, my priorities and my focus had shifted since becoming a dad. Um, my family and I were on our way back from... Lake Tahoe. Again, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so about a three-hour drive. And at this point, my uh, my youngest was under a year, and my oldest was um, about a year and a half. And we had to make one of those emergency stops. My wife was still nursing. Uh, you know, we needed a diaper change. We needed food. We, needed, we didn't need gas, but we needed to stop for the family. And mm-hmm. uh, Pulled off the freeway at the first available exit uh, just to prevent the inevitable meltdown that was going to happen in the back seat if we didn't stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, we um, realized I wasn't in the greatest part of town, uh, but we just got off the freeway, pulled into a fast food joint parking lot. My wife was going to nurse. Uh, we were going to do the, the big song and dance of getting everybody to the bathroom and food and sort of you know the, all the choreography that goes along with that. <laughs> and, and right when we got there... Uh, there was a woman, we were adjacent to a bus stop on kind of a major thoroughfare. She uh, immediately approaches me as I get out of the car and was asking for change. And I'm, I'm generally pretty patient and, you know, polite to panhandlers. Um, but it had been a little bit of a stressful drive. We were trying to get a lot done. I kind of snapped at her no, um, which she wasn't really pleased about. But whatever, we kind of went on our way. And as we're doing this, I'm I'm noticing she's kind of creeping around the parking lot. She's looking in cars. She's just not wait. You know, she's not getting on buses. uh, Something that to me uh, it raised a little bit of a red flag. And I think a lot of that comes from what I do for a living. Um, And at one point, I'm coming out of the fast food place, and she's approaching my car, and Mm. my my kids are in there. Um, my oldest was sitting in the driver's seat, drinking his milk. My wife was dealing with the baby. And although this woman on any other day would have, I I never would have thought twice about her. Um, in that instant, she became this immediate threat to my family and I kind of lost my mind.
3: Wow. (laughs) And,
6: uh, I aggressed towards her really quickly. I had some very harsh words for, uh, really snapped at her, kind of scared her, uh, and shoot her off. Um, And then after that, I I kind of was sitting in the car and, you know, we were finishing up all the family business and I thought, wow, that was kind of really out of character for me um, to snap at somebody like that. And I kind of had this realization that, man, I was really looking out for my family and I'm far more protective than I I guess I realized I was. Uh, So ultimately I ended up, uh, before we left, I got out and my wife had seen all this transpire and she really hadn't thought much of it at the time. And I said, hey, I got to go talk to her because she had gone back to the bus stop. So I went up to her and I said, hey, look, I'm sorry for the way I talked to you. Uh, I don't know you. I don't know what your intentions are. And I'm very protective of my family. And she understood. She's like, I get it. You're just looking out for your babies. And we shook hands and parted ways. But that was kind of one of those moments to me that really um, magnified the the shift uh, that had taken place with me where it wasn't just about me. It was now about my family and looking out for them and how my priorities had changed a little bit, and my focus had shifted. So,
1: And I also have to say, what an amazing sense of awareness you had that you, you were safe going back and owning what you had done.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I really felt bad about it. I mean, I knew why I did it, and I could logically justified. I was like, Hey, I, I thought someone was, you know, possibly threatening my family. Anybody would do the same. Um, you know, it's not unnatural to be protective of your family, but, uh, just for me, it felt a little too much out of character. And, uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to leave the the situation that way. And I'm glad I did. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I went over there and kind of smoothed it out and she could have told me you know hey piss off and yelled at me wasn't really sure sure how she was going to react but uh that was fine you know i wanted to go over there and just uh, sort of set the record straight with her but hey here's why i did what i did um you know sorry if I, i startled you scared you but uh you know this is the reason behind it
1: wow that's pretty amazing you know it's so funny chris because i um When I was with my family in Mexico a month ago, we were leaving and we were stuck in the airport for two days. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those situations where everybody, everybody on that flight kind of moved as a pack. (laughs) You know what I mean? Wait,
6: wait, two days you were in an airport? Yes, sir. That's
1: brutal. They actually actually at one point at like 11 o'clock at night took us out of the airport well, they disembarked us off the plane and made us go through customs again, but that's a whole other story. And took us to seedy hotels and then brought us back first thing in the morning where we spent another day in the airport. So, you know, collectively it was two days with this pack of people and the pack started to become like an angry mob eventually. <laughs> and um, and this that. Front, right. <laughs> exactly. And I was sitting there. I was doing everything in my power not to let my Irish out you know, and um, because all of this craziness was going on around us. And my husband was the peacekeeper for everyone but our family. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting there next to my my sons, my two sons. The one is a 220 pound linebacker. The other one is this 14 year old autistic kid who's like, you know, constantly asking, are we boarding now? Are we now? Are we boarding? Are we boarding now? So I was like pulling my hair out. And they told us to go to a gate for a different flight. So we went there and it was the wrong flight. So we came back. And I went up and I asked somebody, is this the flight that we're supposed to be looking at? And this guy, he was like six foot three, goes back to his family and starts mocking me openly. What? Like, is this the gate I'm supposed to be at? Does it look like the gate you're supposed to be at? Does it say 818? And I lost my mind on him. I'm like, are you shitting me? Are you seriously mocking me in front of my family right now? Like, and I like started flipping out on the guy. (laughs) And his wife was like, damn, girl, I don't even yell at him like that. (laughs) (laughs) And my son was like trying to pull me back. He's like, mom, seriously, like, oh, my God, he's going to kill you. And then he, he glared at me for like a good half hour. And then I did the same thing, though, Chris. I got up and I went over to him and I said, that was so out of character for me and i'm sorry i'm sorry that i lost my mind at you i must have trusted you to be the one person that could take it without beating me up yeah and i you know i needed to lose it in that moment <laughs> so yeah. and and it was the same thing he could have said you know sit down before i punch you in the head but he didn't he was like you know i appreciate that and i think the world needs more of that Yeah, it
6: does go a long way. I mean, you're not always going to get the the warm, fuzzy reception uh, that, you know, you got or even that I got. But uh, if nothing else, most people are pretty understanding. And I would imagine, especially in the airport, you've been there for, you know, three and a half weeks waiting for your flight to go home. (laughs) Um, You know, everyone's on edge. Everyone knows they're on edge. And sometimes it just takes a little step back and a minute to cool down and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. And uh, I I think most people are pretty receptive to that.
1: I think it made a difference for your, your hand handler. I think it changed the way she views people. And I think it probably changed the way um, Philly guy views people, too.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. That's and if, pretty if, awesome. If, if it doesn't change, you know, it may not change their entire worldview, but at least for that one moment. And, you know, they maybe have a, a, a moment where they're looking at things a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So... You, you didn't even, um, back to your, to your story, <laughs> imagine you're the guest. Um, so <laughs> you didn't even like start having kids until you were much older.
6: Yeah. I didn't start till I was 38. So do Young, you think that has something
1: I, to do with your maturity level? Uh,
6: yeah, I think so. I
1: mean, you know, my,
6: I definitely have a different perspective on things, on life in general, not because I'm some great and wise person, just because I'm 38 years old, or I was 38 when I started having kids. So, I mean, I think uh, everyone, whether you have kids or not, you go through different stages of life and have different uh, perspectives. And certainly for me, uh, being a little bit older than average, although I don't know what the real average is, but to me, 38 seemed a little older to start having kids. Um, I, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I like it. I, I think I got uh, a lot of my youth out of the way and my a lot of my maturity uh, before, I, before I started having kids. Um, but I feel like I'm in a good place. I, I like where I'm at, um, being a little bit older with youngsters. Um, I'm never going to be able to retire because, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be 73 when they graduate high school. I think I haven't done the math yet, but... Um, <laughs> But other than that, you know, I look at guys that I work with and their kids are in college. I'm like, yeah, I got to go home and change some diapers. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so on one hand, like, well, it would have been nice to start a little earlier and kind of be done with all this. But, um, you know, that aside, I, I, I like uh, I like being a little bit of an older older dad, if you will.
1: Do you think it helps you to balance things?
6: I, I do, I do. I think just having a little bit of you know perspective on life and work, and uh, you know, I've been I've been a police officer for seventeen years now, so a lot of the the things that are challenges when you're a new police, uh, like you know, a bad shift, bad days off. I've kind of worked past that. I have a little bit of seniority. Um, I can, to an extent, tailor a schedule around um, what works for the family, what works for the home life. Um, so that that's been real helpful, um, and just to have lived a little bit, you know, um, lived a single life for a long time, and uh, a no kids life for a long time with uh, my wife. So, kind of feel like it was a natural progression, and we were kind of in a good place to to start bogging ourselves down with small children. Do I say yeah. that I love? Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, we say a lot of things out loud on this show. It's awesome. Okay, good, good, yeah. Good, you yeah, you clearly weren't listening to the last segment. Oh, I clearly was, and I have
6: three solid takeaways from your, your the first part of the show, Um Number one, don't eat sushi in Cancun. I think it's, it's huge. Uh, gluten is good. I'm just referring to my notes here. And I, I wasn't sure. Dan, he advocates. So we're supposed to put a helmet on our kids when we take them to the bathroom. Is that right? I just, Yeah. Did, yeah, I, did no, I copy you, that down right? Okay. You can
1: actually take the helmet off. And you forgot that don't use peppermint oil before you pee.
6: Yes, yes, that is that is a key. T- I'm passing that one on to my wife, though, that for me, uh, you know, didn't quite apply, but I, I definitely have it here. in the
1: notes. So. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. So, oh, my God, I can't believe Chris, we only have like two minutes until we have to go. But I want to make sure that everybody in Parent Nation knows how to get a hold of you and, and read about you. So how do we reach you?
6: Uh, So I'm on Twitter at Parental Shift. I do have uh, the blog, which is theparentalshift.com. I have Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash theparentalshift. And, um, you know, I encourage folks, if they're interested, to pick up the Dad's Behaving Dadly 2 book. Excuse me. Um, Not just my story, but there are some phenomenal stories in there. Uh, Very inspiring. Uh, Dad's really kind of putting themselves out there. Uh, You know, when I wrote this, I even hesitated submitting it. You know, it doesn't necessarily put me in the best light. Um, You know, I wasn't real super proud of how I behaved initially. Um, And there's a lot of that in this book. A lot of dads really being honest and kind of putting themselves out there, being a little bit vulnerable. Uh, But there's some great takeaways from it and um, some really, really good stories. Um, So I recommend people pick that up.
1: Absolutely. And we can get that on Amazon.
6: Yeah, Amazon, anywhere you get uh, get your books.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you so much Chris for being our guest today. And I also want to thank Dan and Dante for joining us again. And Parent Nation, join us, join the conversation on Facebook, Parent Nation Radio, or go to my website, TaraKennedyKline.com. We really want to get to know our listeners, so go to TogiNet.com, click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Take the Listener Survey. It's only going to take you three to five minutes, and we would really appreciate hearing from you. Until next time, everybody, keep playing. Parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up?
0: Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this.
1: Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try climbing?